Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. God gave me a message to deliver and a horse to ride. Alas, I have killed the horse and now I cannot deliver the message. A fellow by the name of Robert Murray McShane penned those words shortly before he died at the age of 29. McShane was an incredibly gifted young preacher and he was leading a large congregation by the age of 23, but sadly he pushed his body Until his health broke under the strain of ministry, he killed the horse and could no longer deliver the message. McShane's story um, tells us a little bit about our physical health and our physical body. I mean, passing at the age of 29 is very, very uh, young. Um, Dr. Lewis Sperry Schaefer was the founder of the Dallas Seminary. He said that no one can have a spiritual ministry without a physical body. And maybe that sounds too obvious, but apparently many of us as preachers and elders and deacons are oblivious to the obvious. Caring for our souls requires caring for our bodies. Has to be. As we read Paul's words to Timothy, his preaching protege, if you will, we rightly focus on our need for spiritual exercise in 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8. Rather, train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. We tend to overlook the fact that Paul does acknowledge the value of bodily training, which does serve us well in this present life. Keeping it in its context, Paul is probably more referencing the idea of uh, abstinence or abstaining um, for specific religious re- reasons, uh, and how that that can have a a, a bodily um, benefit for you, but nothing will take the place of your spiritual exercise. So whether he's referencing, you know, aestheticism of a um, or asceticism, abstaining for something for spiritual reasons uh, or not, it does have a physical uh, benefit. Paul and Timothy's lives were far less sedentary than the average preacher today, uh, as you well know. For one thing, they they walked to work and every and everywhere else. For that fact, I have read estimates that Paul walked at least ten thousand miles in his lifetime. And that's easily more miles than you'd rack up walking, you know, round trip across North America from coast to coast. So when Paul tells Timothy, to do your best to come to me soon, in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 9, he's asking Timothy to make a 1,200-mile trip. Much of it is going to be on foot. Preachers in Paul's day, along with everybody else, could hardly avoid getting some physical exercise. We actually have the opposite problem. John Brodus 1827 to 1925, he served as the first professor at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, and his book on preparation and delivery of sermons was considered to be the standard uh, preaching textbook used in seminary classes all over all over the country and all around the world. Uh, but by all accounts, Broadus was an ex- he he was considered to be an exceptional expositor. He did have a message delivered. The trouble was he began killing his horse. Early on in his teaching ministry at Southern, he struggled with chronic health issues, forcing him out of the classroom for extended seasons. 
Um, but thankfully, unlike McShane, he determined to make changes in, in the way that he lived. He began to exercise regularly. Even when his ministry became demanding and time-consuming, he, con- he consistently carved out time for physical exercise. His strength and, and stamina increased, and his sick days decreased. And Broadus became a, a very strong proponent of physical exercise at, at Southern, uh, and he exhorted the preachers that he trained to take up some physical form of training. He said, quote, we must all learn to take ample muscular exercise every day, and a little walking or driving is not enough. So he called students to make exercise a top priority in their daily life. He said, better face a class uh, very imperfectly prepared than violate the laws of health. So he spoke from personal experience when he said, I have kept alive amid many infirmities, and I know it has been through persistent exercise and plenty of sleep. Not so much the exercise and not so much the diet, but also sleep. Sleep is where we begin to recuperate and recover and rebuild. Uh, You cannot out-exercise your diet, but you cannot out-sleep your diet and exercise. Sleep is probably uh, the most important factor when it comes to physical health. And so Broadus warned his students against killing the horse God gave them to ride in life and ministry. He reminded them of of Alexander Hodge, um, brother of of Charles Hodge, a a uniquely gifted professor at Old Princeton. Quote, this admirable man presumed on on his always vigorous health and devoted himself to incessant reading and writing, with an almost total neglect of exercise. And so, at the age of 50, there came a sudden collapse, and the world lost all those other noble works which he might have been expected to produce. I remember when I was in law enforcement, they heavily emphasized being careful on the way to a dangerous call. Perhaps it is an emergency, and officers will fly to the scene, and they'll drive as fast as they can, but some never make it to the scene because of wrecks because they wind up in a ditch, because they wind up hitting somebody else. Some officers lose their life on the way to respond to emergency simply because they did not heed and take care of themselves and their their current car situation. So, arrive and arrive alive. Preaching like, um, like for those who pastor, for those who deacon, in general, all of this will... Uh, allow us to have a sedentary lifestyle unless we take steps, literally and figuratively, to become more physically active. Thankfully, almost all of us can make the lifestyle changes that we need to make for the sake of the message we have to deliver. Maybe you need to focus on uh, on exercising, uh, on uh, on sleeping better, on resting better, on putting the phone down, putting the Bible down, putting the books down. Uh, taking time. Uh, there, there's 24 hours in a day, and there are, there have been a whole lot of folks who say there's just not enough time in the day, but that's not true. What it is is you're a poor steward of, of the time, the 24-hour yom, old Hebrew word, uh, that that God has given you. You're a poor steward of it. You're not taking time. And when I say you, I'm talking about we, me and you. Uh, we can be so consumed with the work, we can be so busy that we forget about what we're doing and, and what we really need to be focusing on. So we need to. We need to. Um, we need to. The health benefits of a 30-minute walk are very surprising. Numerous studies have shown uh, walking um, 
really a, 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 obliterates a host of maladies, including anxiety and depression and fatigue, high blood pressure, diabetes. Dr. Evans um, is a physician who taught medicine at the University of Toronto and at Stanford, and he's recorded some life-giving words for people who spend an inordinate, inordinate amount of time of sitting like a preacher or an elder. In a nine-minute lecture, he advises walking briskly for at least 30 minutes a day. And so he, he cites a very fascinating study on the benefits of walking conducted by a large gas company in Japan. They discovered employees who walked to work, uh, whose walk to work was under 10 minutes, showed no positive health differences compared with those who commuted by car or train. However, workers whose daily walk was between 11 and 20 minutes showed a 12% decrease in blood pressure. When the walk was over 30 minutes, high blood pressure rates decreased by 29%. So Dr. Evans wrapped up his particular lecture by quoting an ancient doctor, you know, who said, walking is man's best medicine. Then he asks a very simple, convicting question. Can you limit your sitting and sleeping to just 23 and a half hours a day? And I realize that some preachers, you know, hearing this and some elders and deacons and servants have already committed themselves to regular and very rigorous workouts, running, biking, lifting, hockey, tennis, swimming, uh, basketball, football, whatever it is, karate with your kid. And for for those preachers and servants in the kingdom, uh, 30 minutes of walking doesn't even qualify as light exercise. However, many for many of us, starting to walk 30 minutes a day would be a very big stretch. So if you struggle to limit your, your sitting and sleeping to just 23 and a half hours a day, I would challenge you to begin taking um, what what we should call Enoch walks, where you that's what you call your 30-minute walk. Um, Enoch walks, Genesis 5 and verse 24, Enoch walked with God. Admittedly, Moses wasn't saying Enoch took 30 minutes to walk to improve his physical health. But, however, let's use the phrase to remind ourselves that when we go for a 30-minute walk outdoors, in good weather, or treadmill in the winter, let's use that time to promote both physical and spiritual health. So as you walk, pray. Or listen to uh, a podcast, maybe this one. Uh, maybe maybe listening to uh, to worship songs, something that would prompt your soul to offer praise to God. Having our mind and our hearts active makes the time fly by, even when even when we're on the treadway, treadmill. Most days, um, I personally look forward to getting out of the office, uh, heading heading for a walk. Sometimes here at the building, I'll go outside if it's a pretty day. And just walk around the building six or seven times, uh, just just to stretch my legs, stretch my mind, and and I'll pray. Or I may have I may have a book in my hand, or I may listen to a podcast. But these these walks with God um, need to become a a very um, non legalistic but non negotiable part of your weekly schedule. Um, you know, don't feel don't feel guilty necessarily if you miss a day, but make time for an Enoch walk needs to become. Uh, a very settled priority. All of us who are preachers have a message to deliver, and each of us have also been given a, a horse to ride. And we have to remember that if we if we fail to care for the horse, we won't be able to carry out the calling that 
and delivering God's messages. So when it comes to strengthening your heart as a preacher, each um, each episode, things that we've presented so far has been proven um, by folks, by folks who've been in the ministry longer than I have. I've only been in since 2012. And so learning from other people, being, being wise by learning from others' mistakes, um, that's that's what this podcast has been about. And so I want to save uh, maybe maybe the best for last. Uh, next week, uh, I, I want to get to the heart of what it will take to keep your heart both soft and strong as you proclaim God's Word, as you minister to those as a servant. Um, and all of this will involve next week in keeping your first love. <laughs>